You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, September the 8th, 2 o'clock Eastern and uh, 11 a.m. Pacific if you're listening live. And I have no idea what time it is if you're listening on the podcast. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. And we have a talkative show for you today. Um, After last week where we had four guests and two hours. Now, I don't know about you, Dave, but like I was wiped after that show. Um, this week we're just talking about news. Some fun stuff has happened around the around the web world this week. Um, we have today Google announcing they bought the uh, review site Zagat. Yesterday Yahoo announcing that they are ditching their they ditched their CEO Carol Bartz. Uh, we have some fun announcements from Twitter. You know, Twitter has grown to over a hundred million users. That's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. And um, today, Google announced exactly how much electricity they use. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I didn't see that like one, this. so I'm looking forward to it. I'm kind of a geek about stuff like that. Um, electricity usage—that's actually that's kind of huge. Um, when you th- when you think about what it, what it takes to make our technological society run. Um, for years, Google wouldn't say how much electricity they used um, to, to run search, to run all their data centers, um, to turn on the lights at the Googleplex, to make really innovative products like, um, oh, I don't know, solar panels. Um, Google would never come out because they thought it was a trade secret. If you could figure out how much electricity was used to power the data centers, you could probably figure out, I don't know, how many data centers they had. Well... It's not a secret anymore. 
And in today's New York Times, we find out that the company, all of its data centers, its uh, campuses, and its workshops combined, continues, continuously draw about 260 million watts, which is about, according to the New York Times, is about a quarter of the output of your nearest nuclear power plant. <laughs> that's pretty staggering. Yeah, that's that's enormously staggering. To, to um, put it in a bit of a perspective, that's enough electricity to continually power a hundred, a hundred to two hundred thousand homes. You know, but doesn't that make sense, right? I mean, it's funny when we think of that because that is huge, and you think about that enormous power draw and and, and the impact on that, but. Um, when you put it in perspective and think, you know, sort of net output, um, you know, on society per per sort of kilowatt hour used, um, you, you have to look at that and go, that's some electricity well spent, right? I mean, well, it, it may just, well be. It um, may well be when you think about it. Um, how much time did it take to discover stuff in the old-fashioned way when you used to drive around until you saw the story you were interested in? Mm-hmm. Um, or you had to drive to, say, the library to get information. Hell, I remember a time, this is, this is how old I am, I remember a time, kids, when we used to have to go to the library to look up phone numbers in other cities. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, or or pick up pick up the newspaper there. I mean, that was back in the, the same day when you'd walk over to that phone and you'd dial it. Uh, little sparks going on inside that phone to to make that call go call the library to find out if it was worth driving down to it. Yeah, I I, I hear exactly what you're saying. Um, so so let's view that as a good uh, as an environmental use of of electricity. Then, um, well, they they, they, in, in fact, uh, I mean Google and Google. Don't forget, Google is much bigger than just search. Google is also YouTube. Google is uh, Gmail. Google is Google Docs. It's a whole slew of different products. Um, yeah. So that 260 million figure is powering a hell of a lot of stuff. As a matter of fact, the search component, they've they've actually broke this down into little component pieces. An average search, so every time time that Brasco um, uh, Googles midget porn or something, that that uses 0.3 watt hours of electricity. So a, a a teeny amount of electricity. But if you... Combine that for more than a billion searches a day, you're looking at 12.5 million watts of, of, of electricity used a day just for searches. I, That's, I, I'm a numbers geek. I love stuff like this. Yeah, I, I can I can sure tell. Um, and I, I am surprised. I mean, you know what? Brasco is usually on those sound effects, but when you gave his search example, I, I didn't I didn't hear anything. So apparently, he doesn't uh, have well, one for that it, one. It requires it requires having free hands to touch the board, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're we're picking up oh, Brasco. Is this because he sided with me on net neutrality? Is that is that uh, why you're picking up Brasco today? <laughs> no, you know, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to see if they're listening in the studio or not. <laughs> he sure will be later when he goes. Oh God, the podcast. Well, what um, what, what actually what actually <laughs> happened was uh, Brasco asked me to take over, so he was away from the uh, the board for a moment. Uh, he'll be right oh, back. Oh, Lewis. Yeah, uh, Brasco had to had to go take care of something, so uh, yeah. I took over for a quick moment. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, now I, I'm going to move us on from this lighthearted little little romp of a topic um, because we are talking about uh, about Google's draw. 
Um, and, and Google's draw is about to go up a, a little bit more as they acquired uh, another property. They acquired Zagat, the, uh, yeah. the restaurant review service. Phenomenal. What do you think? Well, first off, I want to know. I want to know the, the the actual meat of the details. There's no dollar figure announced as of yet. Um, we know that uh, Tim and Nina Zagat, the the founders of, of the Zagat Survey, are staying on um, as advisors to their company. So they're they're going to become Googlers. Um, I think this is uh, again a, a phenomenal purchase for Google and a huge shot across the bow to um, Apple to. Um, Oracle and two others getting into the mobile space. Um, it's a huge shot across the bow to Microsoft, and imagine how the review sites like Yelp must feel. Um, mm-hmm. We know that Google, we know that Google is going to is basing a lot of its uh, local results on citations and reviews. The you know you got to claim your Google Places listing, but then how that listing actually ranks out? Um, well, the way to optimize that is through placement and reviews and providing as cons- the most concise information you possibly can about the business. Um, now that Google has its own review site, well, who knows Who knows how this is going to go, how they're going to use um, information provided to Zagat, how they're going to promote Zagat. But, um, you know, this it could be a sign of uh, Google further becoming, uh, further moving down the road to becoming a content company. Um, as opposed to the, as opposed to the media company, as as opposed to the search company. Well, you know, I mean, you, you bring up a, an interesting, and we've seen it. I mean, right from you know, we've had discussions about Google, um, you know, crawling the, the comments and and posts into into Google Plus and things like that. So we can see that definitely they're they're trying to, to pull content. I mean, heck, the Panda update was about about exactly the subject, right? Um, what I find really well, there's there's a number of things that I find really curious about this, um, and I mean curious in, in an interesting way, not in a this was a bad idea kind of way. Um, but I mean, looking at at, at this purchase itself and some of their more recent purchases and, and, and what we see coming down the road past that, I, I find it really interesting to know, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the direction that this really further sort of stamps that, that they're heading, um, that they're heading down. And we know, I mean, one can gather, I guess we don't know because Google sometimes does some odd things, but we can gather that this isn't going to be Zagat anymore. Right, I mean, I mean, this is just my, you know, sort of quasi quasi prediction. It may still exist at, at zagat.com, um, but we, you know, that they're going to tie this into to Google profiles, right? I mean, that's just that's what they do. Um, and then we have to remember. I mean, you, you'd noted that they're that they're a, a content provider, and at its core, um, you and I know this, and I'm sure most of our listeners know this, but I'll repeat it anyway. Um, they're not a search engine. They're not even a, a content provider. They're an advertising company. Right, I mean that's that's at its core what they are. Fair enough. That's that's exactly what they're a corporation. This is about revenue, um, and so trying to think, gee, how how are they going to use this to further improve their revenue streams? Right, I mean this you wouldn't go if you were Google and buy Zagat because you're like, hey, in those organic listings when the map appears, we want to make sure that um, you know this this works better, right, and and that we can provide better free stuff. Um, you know, certainly there's an element of that because the better they are, the more they're going to use, the more ads are going to get displayed, but. At its core, that's not where their where their money's made. So, how are they going to take this? How does this purchase equate into them making more money off advertising? 
Um, and that's really what the what the big question is that, that we have to ask ourselves is how do these two things translate over? My guess would be um, it's actually a way to get more businesses and more reviewers into Google profiles, like setting up their Google profiles via Google Plus or, or whatnot and, and sort of further forcing people down that funnel. Absolutely. Although I, I do want to want to want to take a poke at something you, you just said. Um, Google does make money off of its organic listings, although it's in a in a very roundabout way. Google. Oh, you're absolutely right. Google's an ad company. It serves it. It creates space or finds space to serve up advertising. That's how it makes over ninety five percent of its profits. Mm-hmm. The organic search. And and don't don't forget everything's moving towards personalization, which you know has ties to localization and mobile search. And it's all about organic search for Google is is all about two things. One, it's it's a loss leader that providing a ample amount of real estate to place contextually delivered ads. But two, it's an information pipeline. If you've got a Google profile set up, hell, if you've just got a Google account set up, your Gmail account, your um, AdWords account, your uh, Webmaster Tools, or a Google Analytics account, and let's face it, they're all the same account, mm-hmm. Google's acquiring tremendous amounts of information about you as an individual. Now, whether they can say this is all about Dave Davies, or not? That's that's another question. I mean, certainly with mobile, they'll be able to do that. With uh, with web search, they can say this is all about this IP address and and this MAC address on this IP address. Um, but they're gathering a huge amount of information about that MAC address on this IP address, and the uses of of that computer. And so I see organic search as a you know an information pipeline. We will deliver uh, organic result sets and paid advertising result sets based on your profile. You're right. You're right. I mean, that's that's a very valid point is that they, they I mean, and that's obviously something they are doing is cross comparing what they've got. Um, and then to, to take that one step further is the more of these things that they have access to, the more data they collect, but more than just more data, they have more places to put their ads. I mean, that's... Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reason I mention that is I, I, I want... You know, we were we 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 taped uh, we were guests on a taped radio show, SEO Dojo's radio show yesterday. It's going to be airing next Monday. And one of the questions that you know really got me that that I think um, either I think it was Terry who asked, but it, it could have been David who asked. Um, that really got me thinking about our show is, you know, what kind of actionable information um, do we give to listeners? And the reason I I, I want to to, to Take a poke at the statement about uh, about Google's um, organic search is SEOs. You got to think about this when you think about Google and any initiative Google's doing. All roads lead to Rome. Like every this, Google's got a big ass integrated strategy. So why did it buy Zagat? Well, all roads lead back to Rome, and what's Google's main main focus right now? The mobile space. And you know, facilitating strong search result sets um, based on location and personalization. So that's where the organic space is going. And actually, have you seen the new local listings um, being shown in the United States? No, no, I haven't. 
Well, I mean, not short of, if we're talking about something different than, say, I would have seen, uh, you know, down in San Francisco, yes. uh, then no. Yes, in fact, we are. Um, Google, in, in some parts of the states, um, as of yesterday, has changed the way it's displaying local results, where, you know, it used to be that you'd get a couple general results above the whole list of local results, and then a yeah. whole slew of uh, general results underneath. Mm-hmm. Those two or three general results above the local results have now been pushed lower. So it's all local up top, depending on depending on the type of search that you do. Now, do you do you see these two things as tied together? Then, I mean, when when they know they're purchasing um, services like Zagat, where they'll be pulling more, let's say, accurate information um, well, regarding yes, ratings. No, I mean, I I think Google knew that. Um, this, this acquisition is not a day in the making. So I think right. Google has known it wanted to purchase something like Zagat. I mean, that it purchased Zagat is amazing. Amazing for Google. But I know that it wanted to purchase a review. It knew it wanted to purchase a review site. So I think some of the experimentation we might have seen over the last six months may have been informed by the 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 con the idea that they're going to be bringing in their own review services or getting into that market, much mm-hmm. like um, you know, you remember when uh, I think it was four years ago, Google announced that you could just type in the flight number of an airplane, mm-hmm. and all the all the um, immediately important flight data would come up: is the plane yep. on time? What terminals it at? Etc. I suggest around that time, Google knew it wanted to get into the travel business and started experimenting. Yes, it wants to provide better search results, and these are the types of things that, that search users tend to search on most frequently, so we'll work on those sections. But, you know, whenever you see any experiments in the way search results are presented, well, I mean, think of the brain trust down in Mountain View and how... You've read the stories of uh, Marissa of Marissa Meyer um, obsessing on Google Style, right? Mm-hmm. Where everything had to be just perfect. Can you imagine sitting in one of their um, their 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 work plan groups, one of their uh, design groups, with Marissa Meyer in front of you and saying, uh, Marissa, you know, I think it would be a really good idea if we messed around with the way we display local search results. <laughs> you better have a damn good reason for saying something like that. There better be a revenue model attached to that. Um, or she will, um, well, she will, she will crush you because that's her job. Well, it is. I mean, you know what? While I I'm I can happily willy nilly on my own site and you know go hey I'm just gonna you know whatever test this and run website optimizer on it and you know see what services page um, you know works better or, or whatever um, you know you, you do you hit a property like like Google or, or you know any of these types of properties that are just so well branded and I know exactly what I'm gonna see when I get there you do something wrong and that can be catastrophic uh, oh, of sorts. Um, you know, you, we were talking numbers earlier when we were talking um, the, the the amount of power used. And you know, if I took a hit of say one percent um, on conversions on my site, would I really would I really notice? But Google loses one percent, and we're talking about millions now. Well, um, and that's 
that sizable. And, so, and then, of course, you've got to protect it because who's going to get those millions? The exact people you're competing against. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's completely Yahoo, different. But we'll get to them in a sec. <laughs> <laughs> As we talked about yesterday, we, 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 we do like to, to pick on Yahoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's pick on itself. We just report the news. <laughs> and and chuckle. We tried. But I don't want to go there yet. I want to finish this one point. And this is why, if Google's going to mess around with its search engine result pages, you know, the, the, the terror of having to present in front of a group of brainiacs who are going to rip it apart. Yeah, if you see, this, if you see the local search results changed around a little bit, even, even just for a couple of days as an experiment, you know that Google is thinking about doing something, about moving right. in a certain direction. Um, that is some of the most sacred real estate on the web. So now, we, we did talk yesterday. We talked about action items. What would be yeah. your takeaway then? If, if you had to give somebody advice based on some of these recent um, acquisitions and stuff, what, or the most recent acquisition, what would be your takeaway for, for SEOs and business owners? Well, uh, one, one takeaway, and I'm, I know they're listening, so I'm going to speak directly to, to a client I'm working with. Um, if I was making a local search analytics tool, um, I'd be on the phone with the guys at Zagat immediately um, trying, to, trying to work a way to uh, trying to get an API, trying to get their information into my system like now. Mm -hmm. um, if I was an SEO working with local businesses, I'd... Um, you know, I'd start promoting, I mean, local restaurants especially, I'd start promoting um, having reviews put into Zagat. Um, even if that, you know, uh, was you know, going to the point of, of, you know, writing some of the reviews. Um, <laughs> reviews and citations. Reviews and citations. Get them in there. If you're an SEO, go to that restaurant. Eat their food. Write an honest, uh, probably complimentary review. Um, get all your staff to do it. Threaten to fire them if they don't. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> Actionable items. You're fired. <laughs> I do like that. An honest, complimentary review. The yeah. truth, truth in radio right there. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And on that, um, we have to get to the real truth of radio. i to take a uh, two to maybe three-minute break here so that our advertisers can uh, tell you the truth. And uh, we'll be back to talk about Yahoo. So we'll be back to talk about truth and stuff after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. As you know, being an expert at f <gasps> What did she say? Requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f Whoa. You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f performance to the next level. The language. Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Aquizio. Oh. Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit Aquizio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio. Search, social, display, one platform. MySEOTool.com is your all-in-one SEO management resource. MySEOTool.com makes it easy to optimize and oversee all of your SEO efforts. 
line-by-line detailed reports help you identify any problems and show you how to fix them. MySEOTool.com is completely automated. Once you use it, you will see a rise in your search rankings and traffic. Try MySEOTool risk-free today. Go to MySEOTool.com. MySEOTool.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Your virtual webmaster frat house. WebmasterRadio.fm. Hey, bring your togas. WebmasterRadio.fm. Thanks for listening. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Thursday, September the 8th, somewhere about 25 past the hour. And, um, well, it's about 25 past the hour for Carol Bartz. Actually, it's uh, about 59 minutes past the hour for Carol Bartz, former, now former CEO of Yahoo. She was summarily dismissed uh, early yesterday, apparently by cell phone. And, uh, yeah, Carol's out. Yahoo is uh, rudderless again. Well, actually, it's not. (laughs) It's not entirely rudderless. Um, oh my goodness! I don't. My notes don't have uh, their acting CEO here. Oh, she said I knew this yesterday too. That's hilarious. Bloody well, doesn't matter, does it? He's not going to be. His name is Tim. He won't be around for long. <laughs> okay, first off, be scared to answer his phone. CEO guy, duck. They're after you already. <laughs> So, Carol Bartz got canned. Barely, barely a year after, maybe it's a year and a half after taking the position of CEO of Yahoo, her friend, her supporter, chairman of Yahoo, Roy Bostock, calls her up. Apparently, they're on airplanes going different directions. Calls her up on the phone and cans her. Now, Carol Barks is has been known um, to be kind of like a firebrand. She doesn't uh, she doesn't screw around when she's pissed off. She just sort of shoots from the hip, and whatever she hits gets hit. And as quoted in TechCrunch today, she makes it clear how she felt, saying the board was so spooked by being cast as the worst board in the country. Now they're trying to show they're not the doofuses that they really are. End quote. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's quite the statement. I mean, I I'm shocked that it wasn't uh, your friend of mine Terry who was <laughs> you know, listing that with just the 
straight out there uh, kind of unfiltered nature of uh, of that statement. Um, well, I mean, like, okay, I'm gonna try to keep calm. I'm gonna try mm-hmm. to breathe. Um, mm-hmm. Lord, well, how does how does the serenity prayer go again? <laughs> um, something that ends with "God, I'm the hell out of here." Um, okay, <sighs> I needed that. Okay. Half a serenity prayer, anyway. Oh, I'm working on it, Dave. It's just I just don't know where to begin with these guys. Um, Yahoo was trading at $33 a share in mm -hmm. October of 2007. Mm -hmm. That was around the time that Jerry Yang got back in the seat of CEO. Today, Yahoo is trading below $13.50 a share. Yep, now, and we all remember the buyout that we all mocked uh, very dramatically at the time. They were offered $37 a share. <laughs> uh, now, yeah, you know, you know what the one constant in all of this is? They've gone through four CEOs. They made that incredible deal for Microsoft with Microsoft. Mm-hmm. They, their North American properties are consistently losing value and their Asian holdings, which make up the bulk of the value of the company right now, are feeling more and more distant by the day. The one consistency in this whole tragic comedy that is Yahoo is the board of directors. You know who I'd be looking at if I was like Yahoo shareholders right now with like a pitchfork in my hands? I wouldn't be looking at the CEO. I wouldn't be looking at the extraordinary, and what's left of the extraordinary talent pool we called the Yahooligans. Mm -hmm. I'd be looking straight at the board of directors. I'd be looking at Mr. Bostock. And, you know, they... I wouldn't even bother asking if they had a plan, because clearly they don't. Fire the board. Start from start from ground zero, or break the company up into component pieces and sell it off. I hate to say it, but I just don't... Where is their future? Dave, do you see any clear path for these guys? For Yahoo? No. No, I, I'm sort of viewing them a bit more, and it's because it's one tragedy after another for them, um, and, and sort of one problem after another. What I find kind of ironic, whenever we're talking about Yahoo and, and, and we trash them, uh, well, we don't trash them, we, we, you called it, we report what they're doing, it just happens to trash them in the process because they keep making one stupid decision after another. Um I mean, the, the, the thing is, is if we actually look, they're a massive property, right? You know this. I know this. Um, and if, if we look at them as just a value of a company, oh, yeah, they, they've just absolutely dropped in their value. But they're still huge, right? So could they recover from where they are right now? You know, not going the path they are. And I think that's what it probably frustrates you. It prob- I know it frustrates me um, to watch such a massive entity. Um, just sort of disintegrate, and 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 while I find it really fun because it's it's great news, and I mean you, you know how much I, I loved when 
in, in, in sort of a dark way um, when Microsoft made the offers and then they declined it. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it really hit the fan and, you know, I had to go, okay, you, you, I, I do kind of find this kind of funny because I knew it at the time that this was a really stupid decision on their part to, to, to well, decline yeah. um, that kind of offer. But you do sort of watch them disintegrate. And I think you hit the nail on the head is look for the consistency. You're firing through executives like there's, there's no tomorrow. Um, when in reality, it can't be that you, I mean, maybe it is that you're just really, really horrible at hiring these people, but if you are, you still need to look at the people who are making that decision. So whether it's actually the board or whether it's actually the executives or, or whatnot, well, if the board's making those decisions, then the board is making consistently bad decisions, or it's not actually the people that are being hired on. It's it's the board itself, as as you called it. So some change needs to happen over there. Do I think they should just call it a day and, and split into sort of their component parts and, and sell it off? I mean, at this stage, if they're going to keep going down the path they are, do it now, right? Like just 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 call it a day, um, and 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 break it up. Take the money that you can out of it. You know, I know a lot of you are going to take some massive hits, but um, just get it done before you're at four dollars a share, right? Which well, which for this, this, this what I'm thinking is the company is now more valuable in pieces than it is as an entity. Mm-hmm. So Yahoo's board's job is to get a fair return for the shareholders. Now, charitably, there's a lot of stuff that's out that Yahoo has zero control over, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yahoo can't control Google, and it certainly can't control Google's uh, display ad division double click uh, Yahoo can't control the rise of Facebook which is now the second largest display network in the world Facebook has surpassed Yahoo in uh, display revenues this year mm-hmm. now, I want to take a step back to remind listeners that display was Yahoo's seen as Yahoo's saving grace but they're, they're losing ground in the, in the display market too and now that we know that the Energy in internet advertising is moving towards mobile and personal devices, uh, iPads, um, uh, uh, tablet computing, etc. That display market is is up in the air, and Yahoo is ill-equipped to make a grab at it. Um, there's, I mean, I just, I, I, I want to see a future here badly. Maybe you know what? Maybe Yahoo and Rim could get it together. At least <laughs> Yahoo will have a. Um, a twin, um, maybe, 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 maybe uh, Rim is like in a, in a weird parallel universe, the actual offspring of Yahoo somehow, because it seems to make the same kind of bumbly mistakes that Yahoo does. Um, we know that, that Rim needs a buyer and Yahoo needs a partner. Maybe Yahoo needs a, a buyer and Rim needs a partner. Either way. Um, uh, it's, just, it's just so maddening. So yeah, but I think um, Yahoo's uh, ad platform, which is now, of course, in the service of Microsoft, that's a robust little pla- PPC platform. It's it's mm-hmm. probably the second best in the world. Right. Well, but you know what? I mean, you know this, and I know this. You're never you're you're not going to gain market share by being the second best. Well, that's, no. That's, that's their problem. They can create. I mean, y- you and I remember when uh, when we were sitting down talking with Bing. Now, in their defense, this was like t- 
two days after after their launch as, as an official engine, and you know we'd all had a chance to look at it. And, um, one of their reps had mentioned it, it's in- incredibly difficult to make this thing. Um, and then they face sort of the same sort of problem, which I understand. I understand that search engines are incredibly, incredibly difficult to to build. I mean, I, I wouldn't even pretend to start to to know how or or get into to how to build something that that complex and and you know um, that innovative. But um, at, at the end of the day, they face the same problem that Yahoo is now. Now they're doing a better job of it, in in my opinion. But the, you face that that problem of. But if you're just always second best. There's always a, a first choice, and Google's got it down. Is when you're second best, and the thing that's first best is free. Oh yeah. Yeah. How how do you how do you possibly compete with something better than you that's free? Um, and, and I think that's that's really really the problem. And you can get into the 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 situation of of asking, gee, do they need these the, you know executive changes or whatnot? Is this a technology thing? How should they break up? At the end of the day, it all comes down to market share. Uh, and so one has to ask, how do they how do they repair that? And that is their biggest problem. Um, you know, we we had it with uh, with sort of the the MySpace deal that we were talking about uh, a, a couple months ago, where the the thing that needed to change there wasn't so much the technology; it was the focus and, and the market share. And how do they get that? And and how do they bring their users back in there? And I think Yahoo's sort of facing the same issue right now, where. Yeah, you can talk about the, these technologies, and we can talk about whether they're they're worth more to break up. If they want to keep going, though, what they need to do is make decisions to, gr- to grab more market share. Now, is that improving their products? Is that making them better or faster? Maybe it is. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just about grabbing more market share. Um, funny, uh, there, there's an article over on Search Engine Watch that was posted yesterday, um, and and it was based on a on a tweet that that Snoop Dogg had put out. And it, it's funny yeah. because. Wouldn't be the right decision necessarily, but it, but his tweet that he wants to take over as CEO of Yahoo, and how do you, you know? I mean, yes, he doesn't have the technical background that may be <laughs> required to do this, but he sure knows social media and marketing, um, as as was called in in the article. You know, recommended reading for anybody who's who's there. Pop over to Search Engine Watch and and look up the Snoop Dogg article. But um, you know, it, it really is an interesting thought of going. Okay, but you've got all these brains. Like you've got eight trillion brains behind behind Yahoo. You you've got like you know same same could be said for any of these engines. Maybe what you actually need to do right now is just something that's going to attract a market to you, rather than hiring somebody that yeah we geeks may know who they are and might be impressed by their history, but the average consumer doesn't, and so they're not going to drive what the average consumer wants. Whereas I, I don't actually believe that Snoop Dogg would make a fantastic CEO of Yahoo, but he would definitely attract an audience to it, right? He would definitely attract that attention for the first time ever that would actually be good, positive attention. So um, it's, it's you know, sort of brings up that maybe just a complete shakeup. But what they'll do is they'll hire somebody else that will be just like the, you know, meet the new boss, same as the old boss. They'll come in, they'll do the same stuff, they'll let them go, they'll bring in somebody else until eventually they're going to sell off, the, you know, probably as you called it, their component parts for half what they could have today, which is a third what they could have a couple of years ago. Matt, you know what? I would normally, I'd norm, I'm trying to keep serious. Yeah, I got this big smile on my face because we are talking about Yahoo and I can't help but laugh. You laugh at your screen. But you know what? I honestly, freaking Snoop Dogg. I'm down with that. I can't, honestly, I can't see how it could hurt further. I mean, okay, I can see how it could hurt further in a whole bunch of different ways, but, um, you know, I'd be there. I'd be attracted to uh, his uh, strain of the day. 
I didn't. Oh, you know what? And and so would I. Like, you just couldn't help it, right? I mean, if he ended up being CEO, you know I'd be following it. Like, you just know I would. And so would so many people. And, and you'd just be going, what's he going to say next? But will that be interesting enough to make Yahoo products interesting again? And, you know. Well, and that's, and that's the thing. Um, and, and that's why I go, yeah, I don't actually think he'd make a fantastic CEO. But maybe that is food for thought for them. Yeah, maybe not CEO and, and maybe not necessarily him. But maybe it is an idea to actually pull in these you know, personalities like that and go, these are the people that need to define what we're doing because these are the leaders of, of, of you know, sort of the social world and these are the people who, who are leading sort of the, the, the trends um, of what's going on. And if you want to be something different than Google, what you need to do is find people that know how to attract specific markets and bring them oh, in. I got it. Oprah. <laughs> I mean, her, her network's failing. Yahoo ne- Yahoo's network's failing. We know she can attract people and... She's proven a ruthless CEO. So, you know, I think Snoop Dogg is a good second choice now. I'm actually, I'm down with Oprah. Right. Maybe put him in charge of the entertainment division. Indeed. Indeed. Um, And on that, Dave, we got to take, we're rounding the corner. We got to take our second break here on Webcology. uh, Heard only on Webmaster Radio or on one of the fine podcast uh, distribution centers like iTunes or iTunes Radio. But this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, you're listening to Webcology. Stay tuned. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? All celebrity voices are impersonated. Example number 74 of Dialogue. You will never read in our chat room. I have an affiliate offer for you. I want to interest you in pineapples. You want me to sell pineapples? Actually, I'll have some apple pie a la mode it pleases me. Or maybe cobbler. Goodbye. Make deals and make money with people like you without the spam. I don't like being kicked out. You make me feel ignored. Goodbye. The WebmasterRadio.fm chat room. Live in real time every day. Click on the chat tab from our homepage. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, September the 8th. We're rounding out the hour. we got about 10 minutes left. And... Uh, Got a couple topics we want to touch on. First being a few stats about Twitter. And um, Dave, uh, Dave just uh, put in a note. He's got something on Facebook he wants to talk about. But but before we jump to the Facebook thing, uh, from the technology blog at MSNBC, here's just a couple stats on Twitter. 50 million active users of Twitter every day. 200 million registered users. Um, 55% of Twitter's active users go to the use their cell phone to access Twitter. Now, that's interesting. Over half of Twitter users are tweeting on their cell phones. Um, more than 400 monthly unique visits to Twitter.com, up from $250 million in January of this year. But 40% of that $200 million registered users aren't using Twitter. So, amazing growth, great numbers, uh, growth of 150 million visitors a m- unique visitors a month over the last nine months, and a um, abandoned rate of about 40%. Mm-hmm. I just find that very interesting. Again, I'm a numbers geek today. I don't know what it is, but... Uh, We see this technology growing, going into the space that everyone covets so so deep so dearly. Mobile, and I think Twitter is is um, much more aligned with mobile computing than say Facebook or even Google Plus is. Um, yet still, it's a company that doesn't know how to make money. It's a company where I mean I know that. We as marketers are using it extensively, and we have Cloud Score to talk about our own our own effectiveness. But no, I, I have yet to find anyone who's able to prove value of a Twitter campaign. Um, what do, I'm not entirely confused about Twitter, although I am a little confused when trying to explain it to clients. What do you say, Dave? Um. Well. <laughs> We sort of got two two subjects to go down, but um, first one I'll first one I'll, I'll touch on here is um, the statistics, and one of them that I, I really really liked um, seeing that, that that made it really interesting for me um, was the the third one in, in your points of the fifty five percent using their cell phones um, to access Twitter. Now the thing that I found really interesting about that wasn't just the the prevalence of of mobile because of course these same users I mean this is fifty five percent do use their cell phones. I do, but it's not my primary source of this data, right? I also use it on my computer, and that's my primary source. But yeah, I use you know TweetDeck on my on my iPhone and um, check it out from there. But the thing that I really liked about computer. seeing that, that, pardon me, I just want to want to point out you live on your computer. Yes, like I, yes, I, I do. I'm pretty much tethered to it most of the time, and and then I'm in the you know car, and if I'm not driving, I'm on I'm on TweetDeck, um, and that's kind on of your phone, no doubt sad world I live in. Um, <laughs> exactly. But the thing that I found really, really neat about that um, statistic or, or that really hit it for me was this is real active. Like when, when I'm thinking of, of a cell phone, this is I'm purposely 
I'm going in to get there. There's no, I, I just have it, you know, sort of sitting up in the background on my, on my machine or, you know, it comes up automatically in, in my tabs on, on Firefox and, you know, sort of sits there and I kind of half look at it every now and then. No, 55% of these people are actively on generally slower connections, purposely going there and engaging. Um, and to me, that actually is, is a really, really positive reflection on their data of active users because these active users could, could otherwise be sort of, pardon the French, but sort of half-ass users, right? Where it's, it just kind of is there and they might look at it for five seconds. I mean, this would count as an active user. Um, but for so many of these people to be engaging on their, on their mobile devices, A, talks about the prevalence of mobile. Uh, but more importantly, I think in the context of Twitter, is discusses how important Twitter has become among this vast number of people that are their active monthly users. And that's what really impressed me about this, um, that it's, it's more a reflection to me of how important Twitter actually is as a communications tool, um, that we, we don't just use it for, for business. We don't just use it while we're at our computers. We actually need to take this with us to, to tweet with, with people. So um, I found that the, probably the most interesting thing of the statistics that had come out in that. Um, and, and something I did find interesting as well was the last one that you'd mentioned is the 40% of monthly active users um, that don't tweet. Now, I mean, they may be you know, quasi-passive users that just stay logged in or, or whatnot, but what this means to me is that, is that we've got this significant segment um, that are actually reading it. So as a marketing tool, what this tells me is it actually may have more power than we may say. People are actually reading it. What a crazy notion that, that people are actually using this to interact, which is a big but question. They, but if they took an action to react to what they were reading, for instance, clicking on a link, they would leave that, that group. They wouldn't be considered part of that 40% anymore because they'd be active again. They may be reading it, but what are they doing with it? Now, what it had said, the, the statistic is do not tweet, right, is, is the monthly active users who do not tweet is that 40%. So clicking the link is, is making them active, um, but that so many of them aren't actually tweeting, but they're actually using this as an information source as opposed to, um, you know, a communication tool, because that is a big concern, especially with so many marketers in there. You know, I'm not going to claim to not be one, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a marketer as well, and this idea that are we just shouting into the dark, right? Are we just, you know, putting this out there, and, you know, you got 2,000 followers or whatever, what percentage of that is actually reading it? And it is interesting to know that so many people... Um, are actually there using Twitter as as uh, more an information source um, as opposed to and I mean this, these numbers into the double digit millions right of people that are actually just using Twitter to find information um, and and, and remember, to watch what's going on. Remember when you and I worked in the same office and we would actually have these like minutitude debates over uh, you know getting a one percent advantage over our competitors. Um, mm -hmm. This is back in the days when you could actually quantify SEO in numbers. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, you know, we, we messed around with keyword densities. And I would obsess about that 0.10% keyword density because I thought that would give us that, that little advantage over a competitor. Now, I've been looking through um, the, the, the analytics for three different clients, each of whom we're running, my, my company is running Twitter campaigns for. And I see about... Um, and then I'm, I'm fudging my numbers here, but I'm going to say on average, 1% of the traffic driven to client sites on average for me is coming from Twitter now. Okay. What price those visitors? Um, I mean, yeah, you actually, you can price out those visitors, the, right. the, the cost of acquisition um, and the, the, the um, target cost of acquisition per site visitor. 
you know, how much does a Twitter campaign cost to run in in person hours, and how much is it really paying off in in driving traffic? Well, you know, there there is that angle, and I mean, that's one that we have to ask. And the thing is, and you do it, and I do it, and I'll bet most a lot of marketers, especially ones who were predominantly SEOs, who then went in and and you know, we all have Twitter campaigns, and we all use Twitter and stuff like that, uh, where you talked about it. Go, working so hard for that fraction of a percent and do we and for me quite honestly the answer is no do we put that same focus and energy into going and how can i tweak twitter just one percent how do i reword my the the way i i word things or how do i find specific followers do we put that same energy that we put into figuring out ranking formulas on the organic side no we don't i mean i'm, I'm sure there are people who do but the vast majority of us don't. And I, I'm going to include myself in there. I don't spend the same attention trying to tweak my click-through rates and, and rework my ads. I spent, you know, I went through 13 different titles in, in over a span of about two months um, to tweak our homepage for click-through rates. Do I put that same attention into my tweets to see which one is going to get a higher click-through rate? No. No, I don't. And I'll, I'll be quite honest there. I don't do that. It's, it's probably a good idea. So the metrics get a little weird. Um, in that one, because we're not putting in the same energy, I think, into the conversion optimization of our Twitter campaigns as we do it. And, and you may be an exception. I don't know. But um, tradi- on mass. I'm not. <laughs> I think about um, it. I got to advise clients on it. Hey, hey, folks, I want you to spend your money this way. But, you know, I have to justify my recommendations, especially to, to the clients that I have who are like long term clients. Well, you know, you remember back in March when I said that we really got to get a Twitter campaign going and uh, you went and hired that, that third-party firm? Well, um, yeah, here's what it's got us. You know what I mean? Right, well, there is that. I mean, you know, all of us have to justify these things. And then there's a secondary. I mean, one of the things that I think you, you can make a good argument for, and, and I can do a lot of my clients have this, where it's also a, a brand, Right. I mean, it's not ju- and not just your, your tweets themselves, but good chance good. if you're using it right, your Twitter page is ranking for your name. Well, good, because then if there's something bad comes up, it's one position lower. Right. So there is also that that reputation management side, I think, that is often overlooked uh, when we're looking at having a good, strong social media presence. OK, we're into our last couple of minutes. Uh, you you skyped over the link to a story in the new revamped search engine journal looking good, S.E.J., yeah. Uh, uh, written by David Angelotti. Hope I got your name right, David. Um, Facebook, the eighty billion company with earnings less than one dollar per user. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, isn't that isn't that an interesting thing? Eh? Uh, and, and to me, this story more, and we've talked about this before. Just it, it hits me as this: how do we possibly value things? <laughs> <laughs> and and we talked about that on uh, a, a little bit on the radio or um, yesterday, and and that'll air uh, over on Monday. But um, you know how how do we how do we possibly put price tags on things like Facebook to be as high as they are? So we're putting you know a sort of a, a dollar per per user kind of thing, um, you know, or, or that's the value that they're getting out of them. Um, you know, they have well reportedly this year one point six billion in revenue, um, and they earned half a million out of that. So. What I mean, the, the story to me when I'm looking at that is how are we possibly valuing them at, yeah. at in, in anything close to the double digit billions with with revenue like that? Like if if GM 
in, in their manufacturing plants was reporting, you know, we made $1.6 in revenue and we made half a million, would they be worth, as a manufacturer, $80 billion? No. Like, how, how, how we even pull this data, I have, or how, how, I guess, Wall Street even decides that this is what um, these companies should be worth, that's, to me, that's the story, and it's kind of frustrating to me, and, and I know that it, maybe it shouldn't be, and fantastic for Facebook, but um, I just kind of shake my head and go, that's, it's, there's something kind of inherently wrong in that. Well, there is, and tonight I'm going to party like it's 1999. <laughs> um, it, it certainly feels like that some days, doesn't it, when we, we see these It really does. It, it really does. And it started, you know, in our discussions about Groupon when they turned down the deal from Google. Oh, yeah, and it's, uh, sorry. Um, but yeah, how how much like how 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 do we how do we value these things at what they are? But um, you know, there we are. I, I know I know we're almost out of time, and you and I could talk about the valuation things. And hey, maybe one of these days we'll get to pull somebody in from Wall Street, and he can answer these questions for us. You know what? We should pull somebody in from Groupon and from Facebook, and and even from Yahoo, and have them answer these things. Yeah, that but I'll bet if they listen to our show, they won't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> They'll be like, you know, we know what you're going to say. Yeah, who are we going to alienate next week? Eh? <laughs> okay, um, that's it. We're, we're we're about to get the music the music hook. Um, so, Dave, on behalf uh, Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this was a fun show. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you very much, as always. And uh, again, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. We're being followed by another episode of SEM Synergy with. Bruce and Virginia and Susan. So friends, stay tuned. Great radio coming up on the network and we'll talk to you next week.